Start your engines and join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available now. In a world full of straight people, aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. I'm Matt McConkey. I'm a writer, performer, and host of this podcast about And Just Like That. But now that we've recapped both seasons of the show, I couldn't help but wonder, should I go back and cover the original Sex in the City? The answer, of course, is no, but I can't be stopped, so every week I'll be joined by my very own Mirandas and Charlottes to unpack an episode or movie of their choosing. We're doing Sex in the City Roulette with extra Samantha and none of the Che. And just like Matt, welcome to the show. Friends, a couple quick pieces of business at the top. First, if you have not already, please give us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Really gives me a reason to live. Also, I have to issue two important corrections. I've never done this before, but got some feedback I just want to address. First one is regarding one of our previous episodes. We recapped the Just Like That episode, Diwali, in which Carrie goes home with Seema for her family's Diwali celebration. I've got a great note from a listener named Priya about Carrie shopping for her Diwali. She pointed out they are, we were talking, we kept referring to Carrie buying a sari. They are not saris. They are, I believe it's called the Lehenga Choli. Forgive me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, she even sent me a New York Times article all about this, which of course I hadn't read. I just want to say to Priya and to anybody who was annoyed by that misnomer that, no pun intended, I am sorry. And thank you for pointing it out. We know when we know better, we do better. And, and lastly, just quickly, another kind listener wrote it, pointing out how frequently People have misgendered both the character of Kate of, uh, Che Diaz, also the actor Sara Ramirez, you know, using she, her pronouns, and we should be using they, them. And for, first, I think maybe a lot of people don't even realize that Sara Ramirez uses they, them pronouns, which of course we shouldn't assume, but nobody would ever intentionally make this mistake. It should be corrected in the moment. Uh, there are have been times that I have tried to do that without interrupting the flow too much, or even the times we've cut some stuff out of the episode to avoid that. But either way, I do want to uh, apologize that that has happened. It's another important learning moment. So, you know, thank you for pointing it out. And I, you know, could have done a better job addressing it in the moment. I wish I could go back and fix it. But as Samantha would say, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Which brings us to today's episode we're talking Sex in the City, Season 4, Episode 11, Coulda, Shoulda, Woulda, written by Jenny Vicks. This is the one where Miranda gets pregnant but doesn't think she wants the baby. Charlotte can't get pregnant, wants a baby more than anything. It's also the one uh, with Samantha in the Birkin bag. Such an emotional episode. I've seen it a hundred times. I still cry every time. So I have brought together for you two of my dearest friends who over the years I have cried with and to a shocking number of times. I look forward to doing it again today. First up, I met her when we were scrappy 18-year-olds. We're running around the streets of New York, actually at the peak of, of, of Sex and the City. She had, she had short, spiky hair. She smoked cigarettes. But now... She is a writer whose work's been featured in the New York Times, Parents Magazine, Texas Monthly, so much more. She, she did a one-woman show called I'm Sorry at the New York Fringe Festival that was literally one of the best things I have ever seen. She's also a major advocate for animal rescue, and she's a certified 
breathwork facilitator. And she also has a master's from Harvard. She's an unstoppable force of nature. Katya Lidsky, hello and welcome. Hi, Papo. It's nice to see you. (laughs) I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for sitting through that epic introduction. Let's introduce our other guest. She is a renowned professional astrologer, the host of the podcasts, The Radiance Project, and Chart Your Career. She has two books of poetry called This Beckoning, Ceaseless Beauty, and Wild Compassion. She has a 12-book series called The Zodiac Love Letters, uh, which was published by One Idea Press, and a book called Everyday Radiance, published by Chronicle. And listeners, I know you are so done hearing about my wedding, but she also officiated it. Heidi Rose Robbins, hello. Hello. Oh, I'm so happy to be in this little triangle. (laughs) Me too. As am I. So let's talk big picture. You both and your individual histories with sex in the city. Katya, I I am embarrassed to know after our long history together, I I don't know what your level of of fandom is really. I mean, truly loved the show. Loved it as it was happening. Love it still now. Here's what I love always. I love the way they captured like the freedom of New York City. I feel like that never left. Like there's always like a carry or someone running, you know, through the night. Mm. And like that that sort of feeling when you're like young and it's warm out in New York City. I feel like that was yeah. always there. And it's what I loved the most about living there. I love the show. I love everyone on it. Except Aiden. I hate Aiden. And I'm I'm just I'm sorry. What? And you know I hate like okay, um... I hate nobody. But I severely dislike Aiden, and it's a very controversial thing. It's controversial, and it's such a twist. You feel like, I think you might be such an Aiden girl that you're actually rejecting that part of yourself. It's like too too close to Homer. Well, okay, we'll come back to that that briefly. But Heidi, I know, you know, you have, I think, more of a casual relationship to the series. You know, definitely a, a familiarity, but you haven't seen a ton of it. And we'll dive into this episode in a minute. But just generally speaking, how has it felt for you? Because I love getting some some fresh eyes, you know, on this for a change. You know, how has it felt for yeah. you getting to know our gals a little bit better? Love it. And, you know, honestly, I would say that everything I know about Sex in the City, I know because I love you. And <laughs> I would say like, you know, we met, what, 12 or 13 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. And I immediately started going, well, let's check out this show. And I, of course, watched all of And Just Like That. And yeah, particularly I watched this episode like three times and I feel the same way. You just fall in love with them and fall in love with that kind of friendship. And, no. and you know, when it came out, I was in Seattle. I had just gotten engaged. I was at a particularly low moment. And I don't, I don't, I think I was like just not in the realm of that, that show at the time, right. but it's certainly, oh, it's fun and hot and, you know, but tells such a great story. And Katya, you're such a writer, like how you describe it is perfect. So yeah, yeah. I, I aspire to watching the whole thing soon from the beginning to the end. <laughs> well, this was such a great entry point. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to the episode, but Katya, I think like, as Heidi mentioned, you're, you're such a writer. And of course we always have to have the obligatory discussion of like, are you a Carrie? Are you a Miranda? Are you a... I'm assuming if we're going to, you know, shove you into one of these boxes that you would be a carry, no? I mean, here's the thing. I'm terrible at like self, I would say if, if I could self-diagnose negatively, I'm great at it. But if I have to self-diagnose <laughs> in the, go up positively, I struggle. 
But I would say I'd probably be a Carrie in terms of like in terms of who I relate to the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I have to say in in coulda woulda shoulda like the shining star for me is Miranda. Like I remember this episode mm-hmm. the first time I saw it being like the that was probably the I've I've had many times wanting to be a Charlotte. I've had many times being like what would it be like to be a Samantha? Very few times that I have been like Miranda it has my heart like that's who I want to align with and this was one of the first mm-hmm. episodes especially the part where she walks behind Charlotte down the street oh, yeah. the whole way home like, like the, these are things about her that like stood out where I was like she's kind of the unsung hero that made me want to be her although like, Carrie all the way Carrie Carrie oh my god Carrie I loved that moment Katya where Miranda's where they say she knew Miranda was behind her I think that's my favorite moment of the whole episode but yeah yeah same well, before we get into the the episode fully, Heidi, are, are there any astrological insights into the characters, the actors, anything around the show? Yeah. I'm excited. Well, <laughs> well, let me just say something funny is that, so I didn't look at the, the characters astrology because some of it's made up and some of it yeah. we can't pin down and sometimes they've given a birthday and not but but just for fun Sarah Jessica Parker is an Aries with a Capricorn moon Katya mm-hmm. by the way is a Capricorn with an Aries moon ah. and I'm an Aries with a Capricorn moon so it's Look funny that. that yeah so the carry theme is is strong yeah. but so yeah yeah there's something very cool I mean Look, I could I could say the highlight of each one. Like Samantha, she's mm-hmm. a, or I should say Kim, is a Leo with Pluto on her son. Like talk about the powerful lioness who's completely unafraid, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I mean, she's just like tons of power. And then if we look at Cynthia and Sarah Jessica Parker, they're both Aries. So aren't they like, they're like, they're the best friends, right? I mean, like they go, really go to each other, right? Yeah. But what's so interesting is Sarah Jessica Parker has Venus on her son. So she's got this like magnetic Aries energy. Wow. And Cynthia has Mars on her son. So she's like the warrioress. Like it's this outer kind of, wow. go, you know, assertive energy. So those two Aries energies are different. And by the way, all the women, all the actresses have fire sons except Kristen who is a Pisces oh so, that makes right? so much sense yeah right so she's got so much Pisces in her chart and the other women are all fire which is cool I mean that's just a beginning but that's that's f- some fun stuff about them the Pisces thing rings I mean all I know about Pisces is obviously that it's a water sign and I just have these visuals that you sort of always give me of like plunging deep into feeling around like like yeah. water signs. And that's because I kind of feel like what you're saying about Miranda, Katya, about Charlotte, like mm. it, it watching it just like that. And then rewatching these old episodes that she, she was never like when, when you're like younger, you kind of aspire to be a carrier of Samantha. Cause those are the ones running through the streets of New York in a way that is, looks like a romantic adventure. And he never really wanted to be Charlotte because like all she wants to do is settle down and have a family. And now that I'm older, like Charlotte has my heart, you know, I love, and the, I love to hear you say that yeah. Maddie, because I feel like in a weird way, I agree with you that like, 
I, rem I remember feeling differently about Charlotte. Like, I'm not going to lie. I always thought she was just like so gorgeous, like classically gorgeous. And I have, you know, historically been overly dazzled by such things. Mm -hmm. um, but I now look at her and I'm like, it's kind of like, I think maybe I thought of her as like anti-feminist at some points. And now I look at her as like, like super feminists, like this idea of really being yeah. whoever she wants to be, even if the thing is not, not the thing that like we had to fight for, like, you know, like not that she didn't have goals or dreams or aspirations other than motherhood and being a wife, but she was, what a bold thing at that time when these women were so, you know, brave and talking about sex and abortion and lovers in a way that's so casual. Like this episode, yeah. just it, it's especially, it's just like it opens. It's just, it's like, it's normal conversation, which is like amazing to see for women. I, I, I think still it's like, yes. Yeah. Um, but like that Charlotte wanted something that maybe didn't seem as cool. Now I think is actually takes right. so much guts. So well said. I agree. I mean, that, that is a good segue into the episode, you know, because when we open, it's Miranda delivering the big news first to Carrie, then to the other girls, you know, that it's, she's pregnant. It's Steve's. It's unplanned. She's definitely not going to keep it. While at the same time, Charlotte is, is desperately trying to get pregnant and she can't. And so that tension between these two things happening between these two friends at the same time kicks off, I think, one of the best stories the show's ever told. And like you said, it leads to these these like frank discussions about abortion that just feel very real and and pretty bold for the time, you know, because this was back when that was a controversial topic before we solved it as we have today. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> I loved those conversations too. And my heart broke a little when they were on the phone with their doctors, you know, with Charlotte saying, I have to, you know, um, fertility. And then the, and, and uh, Miranda about, I don't want to be pregnant anymore. Right. So mm -hmm. I loved that that was still in there, how uncomfortable it was to even just talk about these things, even in 2001. Yeah. And, you know, when I was emailing you two about doing this and I asked, is there an episode you're dying to talk about? Katya made a pretty impassioned case for several different episodes that were all very convincing. But this one was at the top of the list. And I was like, we've done so many season four episodes. I kind of want to get away from it. But season four is the is, is peak sex in the city. But also, I feel like your uh, passion for this episode in particular, I was like, well, we got it. We got to talk about it. I think for me, like... I actually went, it was an episode I went back to um, during my own like motherhood journey. Um, my, you know, like in the, maybe TMI, but you know, this is what we're here for. We, we had no such thing on this show. Right? Um, we had losses along our journey, my husband and I, my partner and I, and you know, I would say Eric is with someone who knew he wanted to be a dad as like a purpose in life. Like that, like that's part of why he's here. Whereas I didn't have that calling and didn't know who would be the me and a mom. It was like, I barely knew who I was separate from my parents and didn't know where they ended. And I began that I felt very intimidated by the idea of then having children. I, I felt like I had just found myself. Um, and then we got pregnant and it was this very, 
It was almost like what they say in like a 12 step program when you're like struck abstinent, when you like are, are you know, you're, you're struck with like, okay, I'm never going to do that thing again. I was struck with mm-hmm. a feeling inside that I wanted to be a mother immediately and then had a loss and mourned the ghost of the idea that I had just discovered. And then, and then it happened again. And so it was a very like, it's a very lonely time, even though, you know, it happens to other women and it really requires, I think, I think miscarriages require seeking out comfort from other women who have been there. And one of the people who I turned to was in fact, Heidi, who led this beautiful astrological gathering around motherhood at my house, which was so healing for me and for, and to hear other women around me, whether they had like just, you know, tried once and got pregnant or had, you know, had had abortions or had had miscarriage or adopted, all the things were present. Um, And between my own losses and Heidi's workshop, which I'm so it stands out in my mind as so healing was this rewatching of coulda shoulda what this I this wow. rewatching of like okay it, it must be normal enough that it's that that like people are talking about it on a television the most popular television show like it, I needed to see that it like women struggled and that they wanted it and I loved how personally Charlotte took Miranda's pregnancy because I remember driving like I'd exit you know, off the 405 and I'd see a homeless person who was pregnant and I'd be like, what? I don't understand, like very pregnant. And I was, you know, like, why can't I get pregnant? What is wrong with me and my body? You know, it was just this, I mean, it always felt so personal, you know, that, that wanting to be happy for your friends, but being so devastated for yourself, um, happening at the same time. I just didn't, I, I couldn't handle it on my own. I definitely needed television and Heidi (laughs) I think that's what's so amazing about the episode with Charlotte, though, is that journey from being so reactive and being so taking it so personally and being so broken and needing her space and saying that she needed her space to, you know, to that last moment where it's just like, it's such a beautifully acted, devastating, gorgeous, heart cracking open last moment. And she really pulls that off, you know, where the friendship prevails and that you know, they are having, they are having a baby, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's everything beautiful. we love about the show. It's yeah. like when it, when the friendship is sort of really put front and center yeah. uh, at the heart of things. Yeah. And I just, I, I mean, Katya, I'm just thinking about that particular gathering. It was such a, a powerful gathering because it was women at all moments, like right after this gathering, the next day, one of the women called me and said she was pre- found out she was pregnant. Then there were women that had come with miscarriages. There were women that, uh, you know, uh, were just at that threshold moment. And we were all sort of talking about our own mothers. And we were talking about that, that leap into motherhood. And it was a very, very, very precious time, uh, yeah, it was the sort of in between where the, the the leap was about to be made. I I think that the I love that you said that Heidi because I think that for me like there was a lot of time that I think I've been sh- maybe ashamed of admitting things like I was you know two of my closest friends got pregnant during our losses. Um so I would have been ashamed to admit those struggles I had to be both holding joy for them and 
sorrow for for us, um, even though our story did end wonderfully and I feel so grateful and blessed and I still don't know who I am as a mom, but <laughs> that's another that's another episode. But my, my point being that gathering and and all of the journey, which I feel like was centered in this episode of Sex in the City, is this idea that it there's something about I think the motherhood endeavor, whether you end up having kids, adopting kids, however, parenthood endeavor that makes you face who you have been as a friend and who you want to be as a friend. I don't think they're separate. For me, it it I it was the beginning of me realizing how much I don't want to show parts of myself and thus I'm not known or real or authentic with people who I dearly loved. So for me it was like one thing was everything and and I feel like this was in the in in the center of this episode like yeah because of that ending because of that way of like coming back to like no matter all these personal journeys we're us four or we're having this kid together oh my god so beautiful yeah and and yeah like you're saying where Miranda is mentally in terms of motherhood here is so relatable. Obviously I am not in, I'm not comparing my own journey to any woman's struggle with fertility, but you know, we're, Michael and I are very much grappling with the question of whether to have children, when to have children. And it's, and I think it's a harder topic for me than it is for him. And like, and it's I, I relate so deeply to what you're saying, Katya, about where you were when it came to deciding to be a parent. That like, how can I be when I don't know who I am yet? And 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 for me, there's also this really like embarrassing feeling of of like I'm I I'm not I'm not done being the baby myself. Like I can't let someone else be the baby. Like I need to be the baby for a while. And it's you know. I am 43 going on 44. I don't know how much longer I need like <laughs> me as baby time. Um, but I think that's what is especially scary as so weird to compare it to drugs. But for the same reason that I'm so terrified of doing like um, ketamine or ayahuasca, when people talk about like facing these demons or facing these um, parts of themselves that were always there, like I know that's waiting for me with with parenting and that is a beautiful thing, but I'm like, I'd rather not look at that. There's something it's, it's so, yeah, I'm so glad you said all that, Matt. And it, I, I will say when I had, you know, my daughter, um, there was a part of me absolutely that felt no, but does anybody feel prepared? Does anybody mm. feel like I'm about to be the best mother in the world, best father in the world? I, 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 I doubt it, but um, but I I don't know who said it to me, but it was something like, and I really have lived this way, that as your child is growing up, you get to reparent yourself, so you get to actually be the baby and the toddler and the you know ten year old, and you sort of get to repattern and show up for yourself in a new in a in a deeper way, and you understand like maybe what you didn't get, you understand how you treated yourself, and. I mean, obviously, I'm not always great at doing it, but sometimes I can really land in it and go, oh, 
oh my God, this is my little 14-year-old self I'm talking to, and I'm doing a much better job, you know, talking to my daughter than I ever did talking to myself. And something something is healed in it too. That's so beautiful. And I it's so connected to what Matt, what you just said about like I've never heard anybody compare parenthood to m- meeting the <sighs> meeting your devils during an ayahuasca <laughs> trip, but it's very accurate. And like, you're right though, Heidi, it is that ability to, it's like you're in a moment with your kid, you have to like jump into Bill and Ted's excellent adventure time machine, go back in time to give something to your little kid self that never got it. So you can get back into the time machine, jump into the present moment and give it to your kid. And your brain learns to do it because otherwise you just continue giving lack or, or giving abundant or give, giving what you got, but also not giving what you didn't get. And you don't want that for them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you, you, it is very trippy. It is very trippy. And you know what? Like, I think the three of us all have a ton of Capricorn energy. So there's this part that's like, oh, well, to be a good, I better be a really good parent. It, it involves structure and it involves, uh, you know, being responsible and it involves, all, you know, all these sort of plans, yes, yes, right? Yes. But the only thing, the only thing, the only thing that matters is also like the two of you, my God, I, I, I can't think of many people that love the way you love. And that is it. That is it in terms of a kid. It's just like, how much can you love them? And how much can you love yourself in the process? And nothing else matters. <sighs> Maddie, when you oh, Heidi. when you even say, just if I may reflect, like when you say Michael and I are having these conversations, like for what it's worth, even on a screen all the way over here, like a softening be- overwhelms you. And I would say, like just witnessing it from over here, it's 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 impossible for that not to be what's going to lead you in whatever de- whatever decision, whatever whatever you guys decide, like the safety you have between you that's already healed so much is, is, is the place in which whatever decision you make is going to be wonderful for your family. But if it's, if it is parenthood, it's going to come from that soft place. It's going to be beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Many of you will recall in the classic film Sex and the City part two. That's right. Talking about the sequel. Our beloved Samantha is going through menopause. She has a whole bunch of hormones she's taken. They all get confiscated at the airport. So then they're on their trip. She's uh, eating a bunch of hummus because she thinks it's going to alleviate the symptoms. Well, if only Samantha had access to this week's sponsor, Hormone Harmony. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women are talking about this nonstop on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. And right now you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com when you use promo code like Matt. Now, Happy Mammoth is the company that created Hormone Harmony. They're dedicated to making women's lives easier. That means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com with promo code like Matt at checkout. That's H-A-P-P-M-A-M-M-O-T-H.com. Promo code like Matt for 15% off your first order. 
Hey, question for you. Do you like to eat? Do you like to save money? Do you like flexibility and ease? Well, then I couldn't help but wonder, have you ever heard of Factor? Factor has delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They make eating better every day easy. These are two-minute meals, restaurant-quality food. It's ready to heat and eat whenever you are. And right now, if you go to factormeals.com slash likemat50 and use code likemat50, you're going to get 50% off. I'm talking snacks. I'm talking smoothies. I'm talking breakfast, midday bites, and more. And by the way, they've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Flexible for your schedule, as much or as little as you need. You can choose six to 18 meals per week. You can pause, reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals, 100% ready to eat and eat. Head over to factormeals.com slash likemat50 and use code likemat50 to get 50% off. That's code likemat50 at factormeals.com slash likemat50 to get 50% off. Thank you for saying that. Was not expecting to cry about this, I was expecting to cry about uh, Charlotte and Miranda. Um, you know, to take us back to the show when this 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 bomb is dropped, this secret is is out. It, it was sort of presented to the group that Miranda is pregnant. Carrie tells Aiden about it and swears him to secrecy, and you know puts him in this bind because he feels loyally to Steve and. You know, unlike Katya, I'm generally an Aiden fan, but it is tough. It's a tough color on a man to, to like carry, I think, kind of accurately senses that if he knows that she once had an abortion, he would judge her. Heidi, before Katya comes in with her rage about Aiden, how 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 did you feel about this piece of the story? Right, where where she's afraid to tell him. Yeah. Um, and just the, how it affects their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first I would just say, I think it's such a classic thing where one partner is saying, I've got to tell you something and you can't tell anybody, you know, and the other partner then feels trapped by it. Yeah. Right. And that's, that was interesting to like feel into the times that I've done that with a friend or a partner and feel into mm-hmm. the times I've been asked to do that. You know, like I think Aiden says, I feel like you just trapped me. But I don't know, like just from this particular episode, I did not get the feeling that he would judge her. I get the feeling that Carrie was carrying, you know, the pain of patriarchy Mm -hmm. in in her being and saying, and and it's the shame around it, the the sad and inappropriate shame. But I I didn't feel like he would judge her for it. Um, but yeah, Katya, what yeah. is your head? Yeah. Matt, I don't want to jump you. No, please do. I, I speak your truth. Okay. Go ahead. Safe space. <laughs> Just discla- yeah, but- Disclaimer that like at 10 years old, when the first time I went to see Phantom of the Opera, like, you know, I didn't leave the theater. I was the last person. My whole family had to stay begrudgingly with me because I couldn't believe that, that he was left alone. You know, it was like, just live in a cave with him. You made the wrong choice, Christine. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. And so I want to say that, like, naturally, I'm going to go for big, big all the way, because he's the equivalent of the, probably the Phantom of the, like, you know, he's imperfect. Uh, he's he's sexy. He's flawed. And he, and he leads with it. And I find that to be incredibly 
vulnerable and there's a permission there to be yourself. And I, my problem with Aiden is that he's a make-believe idea that I find doesn't exist or when it does, it's annoying because he's like, I'm so perfect. I don't want Carrie to smoke, which is a previous episode, but like, he's yeah. just, I don't need your, like, give me the phantom. Like, I don't need your, like, I'm so great energy. Like it doesn't give me permission to be a person. This is how I feel. I, he bothered me immensely. He's cute, but I felt like, of course, Carrie's going to feel like he, ju- he would judge her because of his very being. His the, who he is, yeah. she would have had no problem telling Big. Big would have been, "Have you ever had an abortion?" Yes, I have, and he'd go like, "Got your babe," and that would be it, right? And then he'd go have a glass of, you know, Merlot. No, not Merlot, Pinot Noir. But I, I guess I just feel like the very character that was created would make Carrie feel less than, or somehow like she doesn't measure up to the perfect, pure Aiden, and I hate him for it. That's yeah, so it is. And it's yeah, and you're right, Heidi. Like he doesn't actually. He doesn't. He he says all the right things when 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 they when they finally do have the conversation. And I appreciate him for that. But you're right, Katya. Like this would have been a whole different conversation with Big. You know what's interesting astrologically is is Chris Knopf has all this Scorpio energy in his chart. Oh, right. Of course. So, yeah. Yeah. So he's got all this this depth. He's got like the sun, Saturn, Venus, all in Scorpio. Oh. And so when you talk about like she could tell him anything, she could show up as she is, you know, that's that's so being with a Scorpio, the intimacy of that, the depth of that, you know. Whereas whereas John Corbet, he he has more like he's he's a Taurus and he's got all this Pisces, he's got a Pisces moon. So it's kind of like the Pisces is a little bit dreamy, a little mutable, and it's it's not as it's it doesn't go to the Scorpio depth. Let's put it oh, that way. Interesting. Yeah. I just think like Carrie as a writer, you know, and and as a like in this episode, I felt like she would have made like she makes a great mom. Like in this episode, I felt like she was she's the shining maternal energy to me as well in this episode, even though yeah. it's not about her mother her journey at all, but she just mothers the whole group. She holds space for every single member of that group. I just felt like, I don't know. She wasn't, she's not there yet on her journey as, you know, like motherhood isn't on her radar in this part of, at this point of Sex in the City, but like, I feel like it is on his part. I feel like Aiden's already ready to be a dad in this episode. Like, Mm. I just don't, I, I, yeah, I don't see him as evolved as as she is, as this like writerly, brave, curious, you know, one who can center everybody and anchor everybody and keep them down. And he's just like, not that deep is a great way to put it, Heidi. There was a moment, there was a moment, Katya, right, right at the beginning, when she's in the um, closet and she's going up to him and walking back and going up yeah, to him yeah. and walking back. And then she fin- finally, you look outside, <laughs> finally she tells him and he goes and he, and he's like, come here, come here. And he's like, and he hugs her. I, I was like, ugh. I mean, in that moment, it's not, it's not what was required. It's not mm-hmm. what, what I would want. It's not about com- comforting her. She's just wanting to tell what's going on. And it's, you, so there was something about that moment that I was like, this is not, 
helpful. He, he does it at the end of the episode too, when they're outside and the table's ready and they have that cheeky last line of the episode and she gives him a kiss and he's, the camera pulls away and he's in this weird pucker that's supposed to be like quirky and goofy. And it's not, it's not quirky. It's not goofy. It's out of touch. It's not, it's, it's yeah. buddy. It's a like, you know, you, we don't want you anymore. I'm sorry. Do y'all remember that episode where Samantha does a like an unfortunate facial laser treatment and she ends up looking real, real red? She's like, oh, my skin. <sighs> Perfect impression, by the way. Um, well, I have been there because I'm a retinol user. And as I'm sure you know, retinol has its upsides, but it also can cause redness and irritation. So I'm always looking for a skincare routine that's going to help me combat that redness and that irritation and do everything else. And I have finally found it with One Skin. One Skin is here to help you simplify your skincare regimen. One Skin proves you don't need a complicated routine to achieve better skin. Their topical supplements make it easy to help your skin stay younger and healthier without all the extra steps. And One Skin is more than skincare. It's about skin longevity, targeting the root causes of aging to help you look and feel your best at every age. If you get started today, you get 15% off using code LIKEMAT at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with code LIKEMAT. And after you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Let them know that you heard about them right here on And Just Like Matt. It's time to expect more from your skincare routine. Invest in the health of your skin with One Skin. Well, don't be sorry. I think this I think this is what we're in a way meant to feel. <laughs> like I think Carrie is never at that stage of her life, she's never fully on board with him. Yeah. I think for all the reasons that you're that you're talking about. And mm -hmm. you know, you're right, he he might not be that deep, but the the story itself quite deep. And it, you know, it's a it's 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 a heavy story, a lot of emotional heft. And then it's kind of balanced out as it often is by Samantha. She's, you know, facing a bit of a, a, a lighter dilemma with this Birkin bag. She wants to do Birkin bag. She uses her client, Lucy Lou to get one, which of course backfires. Any thoughts on, on Samantha's journey here? Oh, I just, well, first of all, it's so much fun to astrologically see that Kim Cattrall has Mercury in Virgo, which is so you know, f so precise, finds just the right turn, just, uh. you know, little, little um, critical or refining, do you know? Um, I loved also, I loved in this, uh, I loved the moment where she's I thought that was so brilliant. I, I also really like, I love the levity. I love that Technicity does that, that they are like, you know, duck, duck, goose. Like they know how to rest the game for a minute and it's, it makes it all go down smoother. But I also love like the cleverness, this exact story, because Birkin bags, first of all, it is an investment. It is like a little baby. And to me, I, I'm not a bag person. Like I just bought, I'm 44 and I just bought my first bag and it was $75. And I was like, guys, I spent $75 on a bag to which my sisters were like, I'm sorry, are you an 11 year old boy? Like who cares about a $75 bag? I thought it was very good. I thought I did a good job. It was a nice vegan bag, but I'm not a bag person. So to me, a $4,000 bag is a baby. It's a, it's an investment that yes. you cradle and cherish. 
Also, that bag, I do know enough, again, per my sisters and not my own lived experience. I know that Birkin bags are meant to be like passed down to your children and then to your grandchildren. They are like these very expensive, like, like heirlooms. They're meant to be part of a legacy. So I did think like, how genius to not, not make it just any bag, but to make it a bag that has to do with parenthood and, 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 and yes. creation and, and something you leave to someone. It was just smart. It's just so smart. That's brilliant. That's that is brilliant. brilliant. And yeah, that didn't even occur to me. It's so smart. And, and yeah, to think like if Samantha can ever come back again, it is just like that. If she can ever <laughs> get that uh, Mercury and Venus in order and get, uh, <laughs> unblock me on I'm Instagram like- uh, and come back, it would be interesting to see. Maybe she, you know, gives that, that Birkin bag to one of Charlotte's kids. I love that her desire for that bag like blew up the whole thing with Lucy Liu. Like there was the moment when Lucy Liu came in with that bag that she could have said, well, this is $4,000 that I'm losing, you know, but she needed that. (laughs) And then she didn't even get it. Right. Yeah. Well, to, to wrap us up, you know, I would like to revisit the question that Carrie poses early in the episode, you know, when she's, she's writing her article, she's, she's waxing about how when we feel lost, you know, we have to let go of the coulda, shoulda, woulda, we have to keep going. And there's this version of ourselves that we hope to be. And yet we keep asking ourselves, are we there yet? And since this episode will probably drop just before New Year's, I would love to hear from each of you as you reflect on this past year and your own lives, how you think you're doing in terms of letting go of whatever your coulda, shoulda, woulda might be. Hmm. Any chance chance you want to go first, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. I I haven't even thought about this. I I mean, I, what, I don't know what it is, but it probably has something to do with parenting. Mm -hmm. That's all I'll say. It's uh, something to do with my ideas around it. Hmm. Well, I'll, 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 I'll jump in. I just, I had this vision of my dad just now where we would be driving places, road trips or whatever, and I would be sitting next to him. And I don't know if this is going to translate just with sound, but occasionally he'd just go like, oh, you know, he would like, like, he would like turn to the side and, and I'd be like, what is going on? And he was, he would say that he was like revisiting some horrible like guilt or some like regret. And he would, he would consistently do this throughout my childhood. And I remember just watching him going, oh my God, this is so horrible. Like, I don't want to revisit like that. I don't want to be, be caught like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think we just have to be so kind to ourselves with the coulda, shoulda, woulda. I think we just have to keep resetting. And I think for me, coulda, shoulda, woulda, it's like when I go back and read old journals and, I've, and I'm still writing about the same things I was writing 25 years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sick of myself, you know? <laughs> and it's almost like I want to let go. My coulda, shoulda, woulda is like, in a way, it takes the time it takes. It takes the time it takes. Mm. And, and can I say that I've grown incrementally this past year? Yes, I've grown incrementally. Like I've made some better choices and I've been kinder to myself and I've, you know... Uh, created a little more spaciousness in my life. And that's all I want to keep doing is being kinder to myself as the day begins, learning to breathe more deeply, 
learning to acknowledge how I've grown when I've grown and letting it be a little messy. And that's, that's all I aspire to in the new year is just continue that, continue that process. Yeah. Oh God. So beautiful. Well said. Yeah. We, I think we could all use plenty of that going into 2024. How about you, Katya? I think, um, I think I'm, I'm coulda, shoulda, woulda out, you know, I think like coulda, shoulda, woulda is like, I don't know if I would, I, I'm not as knowledgeable as Heidi uh, to, to, to dare say that it's a Capricorn specialty, but it feels like one to me. I'm really good at um, examining and dissecting and grading um, everything that I not only will do, but have done and just like toggle back back and forth. And so for me, I think it's like everything that I want, everything I really want, exists really right now. And I think presence is the most important thing in my life. As I see it today, it's the most important thing I can give to my kids. And it's the only way I know how to actively love. And it's the only way that I'm going to find any answers that I'm really, you know, to the questions that I have been carrying around. Um, So I think I every, I think a coulda, shoulda, woulda for me is an alarm that I'm not in the present moment and what can I do to get back to it? Because all my pain and suffering mostly comes from being either dwelling in the past or worrying about or projecting something onto the future that hasn't even happened. And then I think I've never really asked questions like what makes me feel, what would feel happy right now? Or what feels good right now? Or what's beautiful or abundant right now? Instead, it's always been sort of outsourcing my joy into what I could have, should have, would have done so that I can do it better next time and sort of wrangle it to be what I want it to be. So I just, in general, feel like it's it's a wonderful uh, indication that I have to go back into right now that's that's my new year for me is 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 what's right now what what's that's it i I know that that's incredibly unsexy it's more aiden than big and i i admit it (laughs) (laughs) see i knew you i knew that there was something there i you know it's i i think i'd like to um rewrite mine and just kind of hijack uh both of yours you know, because I, I relate to both so deeply and right now I, I am, I'm feeling sad that this conversation is coming to an end, but, but so grateful for it. This has been a source of, of joy as you both are mm-hmm. in my life, uh, in every conversation we have. So thank you so much. Heidi Rose Robbins, Katya Linsky. We love you both. Can't thank you enough. Love thank you, you Maddie. Love we you. adore you so much. And that's our show. Please do give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at and just like Matt Pod. And Just Like Matt is a World of Wonder production created and hosted by me, Matt McConkie. Our executive producer is Renee Colvert. Our associate producer is Jess Walinski. And our audio engineer is Justin Matson. Many thanks to Michael Pressman and everyone at World of Wonder. 